welcome to the pilot episode of the Everyone's Wrong podcast, a place where we convene to discuss the varying degrees of misinformation, misconceptions, and misdirection that are hitting us from all across the political spectrum in these trying times. We really appreciate your taking the time to give us a listen. I'm still really just in the baby steps of this project, but I totally appreciate any support and feedback that you guys have for me. So if you'd like to drop a line with any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email at oopswrongpodcast at gmail.com or just leave a comment on the SoundCloud link. So today's topic of discussion is going to be Rachel Maddow's epic media gaffe and the ensuing backlash. If you were paying any attention whatsoever to the internet last night, you would have seen at 7.30, Rachel Maddow tweeted in capital letters, breaking, we've got Trump's tax returns, tonight, 9 p.m., MSNBC, in parentheses, seriously. This was 7.36 p.m., I believe her show goes on at 9, so she gave us 84 minutes, plenty of time, to get super hyped about the fact that we were finally going to see the famed Donald Trump tax return that he has been refusing to release to the public for whatever shady reasons. Maybe he's not as rich as he says he is. Maybe he's bought and paid for by Russian spies and Vladimir Putin's the one who actually gave him that million dollar loan when he was a kid. Who knows? We're finally going to find out. So my initial reaction to this, as I posted on Facebook, which I've been trying to do less and less lately since it's completely unproductive, was that basically we can only find out two things from this, because as Hillary Clinton pointed out during one of the debates, he's either not paying taxes or not as rich as he says he is. Now, we already know from other leaks that he didn't pay income tax for at least one year. And as far as whether he's as rich as he says he is or not, that's kind of a moot point at this point. He's already the president. And the amount of capital that he gained while running for presidency through all the emails and data that he mined was more than enough for him to retire comfortably. So an hour later, at 8.24 p.m., Maddow tweets, What we've got is from 2005, the president's 1040 form. Details to come tonight, 9 p.m., MSNBC. So she's kind of hedging there a little bit. I think she started to realize that what she had was not that important. But everyone's still super excited. Maybe we're going to find something out. I mean, she wouldn't hype this up so much if she didn't have something to share with us, right? So... Everyone waits the 84 minutes. I didn't. I didn't wait the 84 minutes because I'm a skeptic. And I've found that erring on the side of skepticism will make you right 99% of the time. So I'm going, this isn't going to be anything. So lo and behold, it comes out. Rachel apparently spent, and I did watch clips of this and it is hilarious, about 20 minutes rambling about nothing. I tried to find a shred of anything in there. But there was absolutely nothing. She's just rambling about how important these tax returns are, all the things we might find out from them, throwing conjectures to the wind recklessly as people on MSNBC and CNN and Fox News tend to do. So finally, after 20 minutes, she makes us wait through the commercial break, like it's American Idol or some reality TV show. We have to wait till after the break to find out what these tax returns reveal. So finally, the big reveal. We can see that He paid $38 million in taxes in 2005, and he made over $150 million that year. So the two things that we have conjectured might be a reason he wouldn't want us to see the taxes, that maybe he's not that rich or that he didn't pay income tax again, are both demonstrably false via this tax return. 
This also invalidates a lot of the conjecture that came after the New York Times obtained that single year's tax return from the early 90s in which he declared the $916 million loss, which would have enabled him to cancel out any equivalent amount of payable tax for nearly two decades. So we see from this that he also didn't even use that to its full potential. So this really takes the wind out of the sails of the entire Donald Trump is a tax manipulator, Donald Trump is a burden to society argument that everyone on the left has seemed so fond of making over the last few months. So here's the White House statement on these tax returns, and they have verified that they are legit. The White House says, You know you're desperate for ratings when you're willing to violate the law to push a story about two pages of tax returns from over a decade ago. Now, side note, they didn't really break the law, but the Trump camp has been known to stretch the truth on occasion, and I guess this is one of those times. To continue... Before being elected president, Mr. Trump was one of the most successful businessmen in the world, with the responsibility to his company, his family, and his employees to pay no more tax than legally required. That being said, Mr. Trump paid $38 million even after taking into account large-scale depreciation for construction on an income of more than $150 million tax dollars, as well as paying tens of millions of dollars in other taxes such as sales and excise taxes and employment taxes, and this illegally published return proves just that. Despite the substantial income figure and tax paid, it is totally illegal to steal and publish tax returns. The dishonest media can continue to make this part of their agenda while the president will focus on his, which includes tax reform that will benefit all Americans. So it really seems like they played right into Trump's hands on this one. What did we find out from this? He did pay taxes and he is pretty rich. Maybe he's not worth $10 billion, but he's still richer than you or me. So how is this tax return obtained? A journalist named David K. Johnston, whom I know nothing about, so I'm not going to pass any judgment whatsoever on his integrity, uh, apparently found it in his mailbox, which is super convenient. Um, A lot of people are speculating that maybe Donald Trump released this himself. Maybe this was released by his uh, one of his many alter ego press people that he used to use in the 90s. Who knows? Who knows how this came to be? But it really seems to have benefited the Trump camp much more than it benefited Rachel Maddow or anyone on the left, especially in their narrative that Donald Trump is a tax evader or that he's poor. Now, it leaves a lot wide open still about all of these Russia speculations, but it also didn't give any evidence in favor of Trump being infiltrated or somehow under the control of some Russian oligarch. So Rachel Maddow is very glib about this. She says at one point, nor are we fake, pinch me, I'm real, in reference to MSNBC being fake news. Now, in reality, maybe this isn't fake, but it's definitely not news. So it's real, it's real nothing. It's real nothing that we're seeing here. It's the Democrats and the liberal news media beating the same old dead horse about tax returns. And the entire rest of the show is a lot of conjecture about whether Trump's current tax plan would, his proposal would have benefited 2005 Donald Trump and what we can infer about him self-dealing with his tax proposal. Now, the thing is, nothing that Donald Trump has really proposed so far tax-wise has been that crazy for any Republicans. So I think it's a little bit unfair to draw those connections. And it seems pretty apparent by the level of rambling and just sheer conjecture that goes on for the rest of this show that Maddow really didn't know what to do with herself. And I think she just had another 20 minutes to kill because she knew that no one would tolerate 40 minutes of rambling pre-release so she shoved another 20 minutes after the the drop of no news fake nothing that's what we'll call it so 
this is clearly a media manipulation. Uh, for Rachel Maddow to say, I mean, we all know what tax return everyone wants to see. We want to see his current, his 2015 tax return. We all want to know how much money he has now, how much taxes he paid recently, and what his business dealings are. For her to say, we've got Trump's tax returns breaking. We've got Trump's tax returns. She knows what that's going to seem like. She knows the amount of hype that that's going to generate. And she knows that she has nothing. This is very disingenuous on her part. This is just to rile up the base, get people to watch her show, and get people to start talking once again about Donald Trump and his tax return. Now, the fact of the matter is, his support doesn't care whether he releases these returns or not. And she just misled the public in order to increase her own viewership over what is becoming a non-issue at this point. So what are the consequences of this? Uh, everyone on the Donald subreddit is losing their shit, posting hilarious memes about Rachel Maddow, which is fine and good. This, more importantly, though, further discredits the mainstream news media. And they love to go on about how they are the sort of last bastion of, you know, in, integrity and the last check on government and, you know, in the, the era of alternative facts. It's essential that we have someone to fact check the people who are releasing statements and that they're, you know, they're speaking truth to power. This also gives Trump and his camp more fuel to point out that the media is focused on the wrong things. And we saw them do this immediately in their statement. The dishonest media can continue to make this part of their agenda while the president will focus on his, which includes tax reform that will benefit all Americans. They're just fueling his camp at this point. They haven't done themselves any favors over the last few months, but honestly, this might be a new low even for MSNBC. And I don't say that lightly because MSNBC is a trash network. As if they haven't done enough to discredit themselves since Donald Trump was elected, before he was elected. Because honestly, during the campaign, we've never seen such a, a one-sided, clearly biased news media in favor of one candidate. But all that aside, this does nothing to increase their credibility. If Donald Trump is standing there pointing and going, fake news, fake news, fake news, CNN is fake news, MSNBC is fake news, everyone who doesn't agree with me is fake news, does Rachel Maddow do herself any favor by so publicly making such a spectacle over something that is completely insubstantial, that is borderline irrelevant, there is better news to be talking about. More things were happening yesterday. We can talk about Trump care. We don't need to be talking about this non-issue that his base continues not to care about. And the people who do care about it do not want to see two pages, a fragment of his tax return from over 10 years ago. It doesn't matter how it was obtained. If it's not showing us anything whatsoever, this is pretty much nothing. She might as well have waved two blank pieces of paper in front of the camera for 20 minutes and just talked about herself, because that's essentially what she just forced people to watch. Okay, so now it's time for a part of the show that we're going to call Racist or Not Racist, in which we examine something that has been blowing up on social media over the last week and that has been decried by the left and check if there's any substance to it, if it has any teeth, so to speak, because we know that there has been a lot of crying of wolf over, you know, alleged racism over the last few months, a lot of cries of fascism and Nazi, and I think it's important that we really keep those terms very clear. So Steve King, United States representative from Iowa, not the author Stephen King, that's a different guy with completely different politics, tweeted something this week that has gone completely viral and blown up. Everyone's calling him a white supremacist and a Nazi and a bunch of different things. Um, to preface, I think that Steve King is definitely harboring some 
antiquated ideas about race. But that's not what we're going to be discussing. We're going to be discussing these tweets and this idea and whether this should have garnered the attention that it has. So he tweeted about Geert, Geert, I think it's pronounced Geert, Geert Wilders, who uh, is a Dutch far-right politician, leader of the Party for Freedom. He's got a lot of support from the centipedes right now. They're all losing it, posting supporting things about his election, which actually is taking place right now. Doesn't look like he won, just to keep things a little bit current. So he tweets about Geert. Wilders understands that culture and demographics are our destiny. We can't restore our civilization with someone else's babies. So this is a pretty ambiguous, weird tweet and it definitely has some nationalist and xenophobic undertones to it he elaborates later there's an american culture american civilization it's raised within these children in these american homes that's one of the reasons why we require that the president of the united states be raised with an american experience we've also aborted nearly 60 million babies in this country since 1973 more weirdness i don't know how the abortions come in i think he's just trying to make a talking point there now He concludes, there's been this effort, we're going to have to replace that void with someone else's babies. That's the push to bring in much illegal immigration into America, living in enclaves, refusing to assimilate into the American culture and civilization. So uh, the left is understandably blown up about this. Slate had a headline, insanely racist congressman Steve King is obviously a major Trump supporter and ally. Representative Ileana Roselettinen, a Florida Republican, tweeted, Get a clue at Steve King. Diversity is our strength. All looking alike is such a waste. A travesty. I want to be me. All others are taken. King does go on to clarify, It's the culture, not the blood. If you could go anywhere in the world and adopt these little babies and put them into households that were already assimilated into America, these babies will grow up as American as any other baby. Now, this is important. It's an important clarification. And I think among all of the kind of word salad that has come out of Steve King about this whole thing, that this one paragraph and that this one point is very important to look at because it flies right in the face of the narrative that he is a, and you know, eugenics, Aryan, blood purist, American xenophobe. Because um, I guess he might not be. And that doesn't mean that he's not racist, but I don't really think that it's coming out here. So on the whole, I think we can say that uh, this tweet was not inherently racist, that he was really trying to say something else about the, the culture of America and what makes America great, and that we need to have assimilation if we want immigration to be successful, which is something that I don't disagree with, although I would probably disagree with Steve King about whether or not we have an assimilation problem. I don't think that we do, and I don't think that we ever will. I think that's something that really helps us stand apart from other countries that do have assimilation problems, like France or Belgium. And I think that that's really one of the things that defines what America is, is our ability to be so inclusive. I'm sure Steve King wouldn't agree with that. Uh, Whether or not Steve King's a racist or not, he probably is. I mean, you can look at a lot of the other stuff that the guy has said. He's definitely not the most uh, tolerant and non-biased person in the world. But in terms of this specific tweet and the amount of attention that it has generated, I don't think that it's all warranted. Having said that, everyone's entitled to be offended and everyone's entitled to lambast him as much as they want for what was definitely, at best, a terribly worded statement.
So we're going to end on a positive note with a little bit of fun. It appears that Alex Jones wants to have a fist fight with Alec Baldwin. I'm going to play the clip for you guys right now. And all those beta males. Alec Baldwin thinks he's a tough guy. I challenge him a million dollars to charity he wants to get in the ring with me. Bare knuckle. I will. I'll do it right now. I'll get in the ring with you, and I will break your jaw. I will knock your teeth out. I will break your nose, and I will break your neck. You coward. You think you're a tough guy messing with little cameraman people. You want to sit there and defame me and the president? Get in the ring with me. I will break your jaw in seconds. I will smash your nose into a bloody pulp, and I will rack your teeth out. My fists are going to be bleeding with your teeth marks all over them. You freaking bully. You coward. I hate you. My listeners hate you. And remember that scumbag forever. <laughs> We're going to defeat this anti-human scum. We're going to wreck their world. So apparently Alex Jones is still a nut job. Um, this is super interesting. The, Alex Jones and his entire kind of rise to fame have been very interesting to me. Because just by virtue of the mainstream media being wrong all the time, and our government being so shady, Alex Jones has managed to develop a decent little fan base for himself. I mean, the man makes millions of dollars pushing his uh, male, male vitality. So who am I to really hate? I'd be a beta male if I were to, you know, not respect him for that. But um, it's just crazy that I think it's really more of a testament to the failures of the mainstream news media and to the failures of government and to the dishonesty of well of both parties that Alex Jones has been able to get any kind of following whatsoever. I mean, the fact that this man's a YouTube star is about as crazy as Donald Trump being president. So, yeah. All right, so that's pretty much going to be it for us for this week. Um, like I said, we are in the infancy of this project, still figuring it all out, but I really appreciate you giving us a listen. I'm going to try to get one episode out every week for you guys and take it from there. And please, if you have any feedback whatsoever, positive, negative, if you want to tell me to go to hell, tell me I'm wrong, tell me I'm not as smart as I think I am, uh, feel free to email it to oopswrongpodcast at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear from anyone who had the tolerance to listen to all of what I think will probably turn out to be like 20 minutes of listenable content after I edit this down. Uh, thanks a lot, guys, and I will see you next week. <laughs>